1: Welcome to Brew Crime Podcast, where we drink brews, talk crime, conspiracies, fuck up the script, or whatever catches our attention. This is Mike and my co-host. <laughs> Ed McMahon. No, that's <laughs> that's not
2: true. I'm Ryan Seacrest. Uh, that's not true either. Um, I am no way, shape, or form as attractive as him or Rich. Uh, this is your lovable old
1: humble JT. Oh, my God. All right. Well, we're no longer <laughs> talking about volcanoes. Um, no, you know, huge body count in mine, which is really sad. And oof, JTs, right? Oof, oof. It's it's a really intriguing story. It's um the like we said in the last episode, the uh, the documentary was amazingly done and is horrifying. And it's not going to get any better this week, actually.
2: And it's not going
1: to get any better next week.
2: Yeah, probably um, not.
1: At all. So strap in. Um, yes. I hope
2: you have your five-point harness, because this is going to get fucking gnarly.
1: Yes. And it, it, it's so bizarre, because we're going to be talking about one of Canada's smallest provinces. Yep. Small towns, small provinces, small states, whatever. Often small crimes, right? Just a small town girl, living in a lonely. Mm-hmm yeah you're welcome i mean i've been in small towns before where you listen to the radio and it's talking about friggin potted plants being stolen that's usually the level of news you hear in smaller towns right or alcohol being placed on an island a deep cut yes well that's not that's (laughs) That's a a holiday and there's no town there it's just a desolate island it's true it's true it's where i want to live But uh, this next two episodes are going to be crimes of Nova Scotia.
2: Yes, yes.
1: And I've never been, but it looks so gorgeous. It really does. It
2: really does. And um, you know, I break into a very, very small bit about like population there. Um, I don't. I had to restrain myself from going deeply into what Nova Scotia yeah. was. I do a little but, bit too. Uh, Hopefully, we
1: don't oh, overlap too much. If we do, I'll delete the stuff that's duplicate (laughs) because editing. (laughs) Exactly. But you mentioned it here. Right. All right. Well, good point. Why don't I tell you the title of my story and then we'll get into the beer pairing? Not Loving It The Sydney River McDonald's Murders. (laughs) Oh, I won't
2: be laughing later on, so I have to laugh now. Yes. Not
1: Loving It. Yeah, bada ba <laughs> Fuck you, Ronald McDonald. So the beer pairing is from Phillips Brewing and Malting Co. out of Victoria, BC. I was actually originally gonna try to buy some beers from Nova Scotia because you can ship beer legally now across Canada, blah, blah, blah. But it was a minimum 12 can or six bottle order, and the shipping ended up being like 36 bucks. I thought, fuck it. It's not safe. gonna bother. Maybe in the future, but not this time. So here's here's the deal. If you want us to be able to have good beer
2: that's representative of the areas we're covering, become a Patreon. Um, <laughs> that's
1: yes, what that exactly. means. You
2: know, or or rate and review. So we're higher up, so we get
1: more revenue. I don't know what to tell you. Exactly. Uh,
0: but yeah, that's this what is we
1: amnesiac double IPA, and it's oh. two reasons. Because after researching and writing this, I want to forget it. Oh God. And. It's a double IPA and this is a West Coast IPA. So it's bitter because it left a bitter taste in my mouth. You know, the, this
2: is not what you put under like a, a movie poster. These, no, <laughs> these are not the reviews. No, um, I'm not psyched about this, but we are going to go
1: through it because we are. It's a story that needs to be told. So it's got like a bit of a fruity nose, a bit, a bit, uh, citrusy, piney, mm-hmm. a little bit sweet on the nose. I'll admit it doesn't smell like it's super fresh. I'm not sure when this bottle was bottled. One of the four packs that I almost bought of cans was out of date at this liquor store. So who knows? This might not be the freshest beer in the world. It's got kind of a grapefruit flavor and then like a really like citrusy pith peel, like biting into like an orange peel, tons of bitterness, some resin. It It's definitely a West Coast IPA. Mm-hmm. And it comes in at a solid 8.5% alcohol. So it's not fucking around.
2: No. No, it's not. No, it's (laughs)
1: not. But you're about to find out. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to have another sip of this before I start reading this. You guys didn't
2: see that, but Mike's sip is literally the whole glass.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I didn't chug it. I got to save some for later in the story. Right? The winter of 1991 into 1992 A trio of losers spent most of their time together. Sounds like my summers. (laughs) Not this kind of (laughs) losers, though.
2: Oh, well, probably not, no.
1: (laughs) The trio was Derek Wood, 18, Freeman Daniel McNeil, 23, and Darren Muse, 18. Bob McKenzie, the principal at their old high school, Riverview High School, would later say they were regular students. And who knows, maybe they were, but something changed. Aren't they, that was the case. aren't they always like they're always just like they were regular people i'm
2: just waiting yeah. for one person to hop on the news and be like they were assholes
1: <sighs> and these guys were assholes i guess that's next week <laughs> the three grew up in sydney river a community in the northeast portion of the province of nova scotia in cape breton regional municipality today the community has a population of only 455 people with 170 of the 176 private dwellings being homes. So it's small. I got, more, I got more people in my building where I
2: work. Yeah, there's more <laughs> people insane. in my building that I live in. When, when 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 you say 400 people in a town, all I can think of is basically the island that Popeye was filmed on. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I get.
1: Uh, uh. <laughs> Nova Scotia is the second smallest province in Canada, with an estimated population of just over a million people in the fourth quarter of 2022.
2: Yes, yeah. um, can I? I just want to say this because I'm gonna—I'll erase it from my script, <laughs> and I don't mind saying that out loud. It's fine uh, to give everybody in the United States an idea of how small that entire province is. The city of New York City is yeah. eight million people. Yes, and all yes. of Nova Scotia is. One, right? Just over one million. So Nova Scotia, while it has a low population, it has one of the highest population densities.
1: Just to just give you an idea, too. There's a million people living in uh, Nova Scotia.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The area of land in Nova Scotia is 52,942 square kilometers. Staten Island, which is New York City, right? You said there's eight million people there? Mm-hmm. Staten Island is 152 kilometers squared. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, it's still a really small island province, but. (laughs) It's, you know,
2: it's all vertical, right?
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah.
2: And if you're a conspiracy theorist, it's, it's, you know, it goes down too.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, it does. That's where they get the water from, but that's something different. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. So there was scuttlebutt that Derek Freeman and Darren spent their time that winter breaking into homes and stealing shit. Basically, your typical delinquent, um, you know, they're just out-causing shit, you know. They're not good kids, but it's not that out of the, you know, norm for shitheads, like, breaking into places and stealing stuff. It's not that
2: serious, you know. It's it's, it's a relationship, but it's not Facebook official yet. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, like, they'd still get arrested, but... You know, it's just stealing a little bit of shit here and there, petty shit. Yeah. So it's unknown if Derek Wood took a job at the Sydney River McDonald's with ill intent, but he would take one a job there nonetheless in March of 1992. Derek would notice that during his shifts, a lot of money would end up in the safe at McDonald's. His estimation Hmm. was that there would be two hundred thousand dollars in the safe any night. That's a he should be an accountant. (laughs)
0: <laughs> not yeah, a criminal yeah,
1: right. good grief that's a that's a big old number right there that's yeah. a lot of money and I mean the, the number's probably right but this amount would be huge for any group of kids and with kids with a serious lack of morals this would be too much to pass up yeah so the plan was to rob Derek's place of work you know so they'd start planning no May 6, 1992, Derek would head to work as normal and work his entire shift. Before leaving work, he would head to the basement of the restaurant and prop open a door that was almost never used at the McDonald's. I've literally never heard of a McDonald's with a basement, but Oh, know. actually, you know what? Many of them do, and you just don't know about it. I didn't know that Are either. You? Yeah. Well,
2: I, I, I'll say this. I, do, I, I live in, and I don't mind saying obviously, I live in the state of To Virginia, and the water table is so high that Uh, there are very few, unless they're old, old homes. There are very few places that have basements, so that's probably why. Uh, Okay, maybe yeah. That's so interesting. Hmm. Yeah, like my
1: sister worked at a McDonald's that I didn't know had a basement, but they did, because it's all just you know offices and stuff,
2: and they're all connected by tunnels. Yes, of course. Yeah, that's it. I'm gonna put on my tinfoil hat for a second. All right. (laughs) Space Space down.
1: <laughs> because of this, no one would notice that it was propped open either, right? right? After leaving work, Derek would head out to meet with his friends, Freeman and Darren. Their plan was to wear two layers of clothing so that once they fled the restaurant, they could ditch the one layer of clothing. Okay. The three would hop into one of their cars and head to the McDonald's. Freeman would bring a twenty-two caliber pistol, but Derek would end up carrying it during the robbery. Uh, c- could I just say in my brain, I'm
2: thinking of like, you know, these guys that are in two layers of clothes, and then they get out and they change their clothes. They take off the clothes. And then one of the guys is just literally in a thong and that's it. And the guys stare at him and he's like, what?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, like, with this where one, are you- no.
2: Where are you hiding all the
1: cash? Yeah, You don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> the trio would park the car on a nearby dirt road just far enough away to not be conspicuous. Mm-hmm. Freeman was tasked with guarding the door they snuck in through. So Freeman had a shovel handle and a length of rope as a weapon. Darren had on a Halloween mask and was carrying two knives. Derek Wood, as I mentioned, had a handgun. Mm -hmm. the three guys would surprise both Donna Warren 22 as well as Arlene McNeil 20 upon entry both women would recognize Derek right away as he had only left from work more than like a few hours ago (laughs) yeah don't shit where you eat sir exactly (sighs) it was evident very quickly that Derek had no intention of only robbing the McDonald's as he would raise the gun right away and shoot Arlene in the face. And she would drop face first to the ground. What? Yeah. I should have known this was coming. God. Yeah. While not fatal, Arlene was in really bad shape. Yeah. Freeman would keep Donna where she was while both Derek and Darren would rush upstairs to see if anyone was in the now-closed restaurant. Mm -hmm. Unlucky for Neil Burroughs, Jr., 29, he was busy cleaning in the kitchen and heard nothing. Well, it was not mentioned, I would have to assume that maybe he had some music on or something loud to drown out the gunshots downstairs, only Mm once before. Mm -hmm. Which would make sense. I mean, most McDonald's or whatever restaurants have, you know, stereo systems so they can play some canned music, and I'm sure you right. could turn on whatever tunes you liked. At the end of the, yeah, when end the, of the shift, yeah. There. Derek would raise the gun again and shoot Neil once again in the head. Neil would fall to his knees, maimed but still alive. Darren would then proceed to stab him in the neck, and he would fall bleeding. Oh, God. Derek would rush back downstairs and force Donna to come up with him to the main floor of the restaurant to open up the safe as she was the manager on the shift. Mm-hmm. As soon as the safe was opened up, Derek proceeded to shoot Donna in the head, killing her. <sighs> yeah, like I said. Yep. <laughs> you yeah. can't see this, but
2: he just took a drink of beer. That's <laughs> Yes. That's how I feel, too. Here we
1: go. In the safe, the guys would find a total of $2,017, a far cry from the $200,000 expected. Yeah. See, the thing is that Derek was an idiot, right? He did not realize that the managers would do bank drops multiple times a day, and there was never a huge sum of money in the office safe. This is exactly the reason why. It is just not a good business move to leave that much cash on hand.
2: And it's not a cartoon, like no. you're not going to open the safe and like piles of money are going to come out like you're Scrooge. You know what I mean? Like it's the yeah. most ridiculous, like the thought that, yeah, how, you know what? I'm
1: yeah, not going to ask. They're how. not smart people. They're just no. not smart people. Not at all. Derek Freeman and possibly Darren would head back out to where Neil was lying on the kitchen floor bleeding and things got worse. Freeman would proceed to beat Neil with the handle of the shovel that he brought as a weapon. Derek would shoot him once again in the head and Neil would no longer suffer. Having the small water cash, the three would plan to book it back down to the basement to leave out the door and close it behind them. Mm -hmm. It was a slight issue though. Jimmy Fagan 27 was arriving at 1am for his overnight shift When this all was going down, Mm -hmm. he had taken a cab to work and was opening the back kitchen door when he saw Derek, his coworker, Derek would take no chances and shoot him in the head. Also, the guys would take this clue and flee the restaurant taxi driver would see the three guys fleeing the restaurant though, and thought something was wrong and would turn back and would get out of his car to see what was happening he would see that Jimmy had been shot in the head and rushed to call for the police. And again, this is 1992, so he's not using a cell phone.
2: No, no, you got to find a landline.
1: Yeah. I have to assume he ran into the restaurant. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. So Jimmy would die the next day on May 8, 1992. Let's step away from the crime for a few minutes and let's get to know a little bit about the victims of this horrendous crime.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Right after a message from this beer. (laughs) it's an important psa yes donna warren was a 22 year old shift manager at the mcdonald's location she was well liked and was known to have a bubbly and outgoing personality she was working and going to school currently taking computer courses with the hope of one day being a lawyer she was also noted as being active in brownies and girl guides although i'm not sure if this meant she was working as a leader or just that she grew up doing both. Mm -hmm. Um, It wasn't super clear, but I thought I mentioned it anyways. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to find info on victims sometimes. Right. Neil Burroughs Jr. was 29 years old and worked in the maintenance department for McDonald's. He lived in Glace Bay with his wife and son and was part of a large, close family. He was fond of attending parties and hitting the dance floor. He was a guy that would never speak ill of anyone and would never get involved with others' arguments. Neil and one other sister would love to go on road trips to Halifax, Nova Scotia, to visit one of their other sisters.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: But just salt of the earth, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: James, or Jimmy Fagan, was 27 years old and worked at Zeller's, a Canadian department store that closed around 2013 although it's reopened recently in Hudson's Bay Company stores, but that's another thing.
2: That is a whole other ballgame. Yeah,
1: it's bizarre. Jimmy was uh, the second youngest of eight children with two sisters and five brothers. He was known to be very kind and just had a good vibe. Well, he would hold on for one day, he would pass away on May 2002, as I said, where his organs were donated, helping save multiple lives. Oh, wow. And then Arlene McNeil, the first victim of the attack, was 20 years Mm -hmm. old. Uh, While she shared the last name with Freeman, one of the attackers, they were not related at all. She was an only child to parents Jermaine and Howard McNeil. She was the prom queen at Memorial High School and was well-liked. She was working at McDonald's while going to University College of Cape Breton, now Cape Breton University. She was a massive fan of country music and loved to go on walks. Sadly, while she lived, the attack would leave her with physical and mental disabilities. The bullet would damage her brain, and she would end up in a wheelchair for the rest of her life. She would still enjoy a long wheel, a long town, and still love to listen to her favorite style of music, country. Mm -hmm. She would also become a big fan of computer games which is you know it's great because now that she's not mobile as much right yeah absolutely somehow through all of this she was still a very positive person
2: i mean i haven't been through uh like a 16th of that and i'm not uh, i mean either that's
1: that's yeah that's awesome so due to her disabilities, she would end up moving into a specialized care facility and would live there for 23 years. Mm-hmm. Sadly, she would die on August 15th, 2018 at only 46 years old. Yeah. And it sounds like she was, it, it wasn't fully unexpected. Like her health mm-hmm. wasn't the greatest. It didn't yeah. actually say what she died of. All right. Derek Wood, Freeman McNeil, and Darren Muse may have gotten away that night, but their freedom was not long-term. Good. With the call into police by the taxi driver, the RCMP were on the trail. Luckily for all, the trio would be caught within 10 days. Good. Great job. Yeah. They would kill no more people and likely also had no chance to rob any more people as they were on the run.
2: Yeah.
1: It would take about a year, but the three would all be charged and be put on trial. All three would be tried separately, and Derek would be would be the first one up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Derek was up first as he would confess to the murders and robbery first. He would be charged with first degree murder of Donna Warren and Neil Burroughs, attempted murder of Arlene McNeil. There was also other crimes attached, including robbery. He would be sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole for 25 years. This is the maximum sentence in Canada, mm-hmm. just so you know. Yeah. He would appeal a sentence, but it would not be taken seriously, and he would continue to spend his time behind bars. <laughs> Can you imagine he's in front of the parole board and they're just like, <laughs> no. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. just like, absolutely not.
1: So he was first eligible for parole in 2017, but as of March 2023, he has lost every attempt at parole. He's still yeah. there, good. So he applied for day parole in 2015 because you can get day parole before your mm-hmm. parole date in Canada. So yeah. there's where they come with you, and then you can get on. You know, you can get it um, by yourself sometimes too. Yeah, I'll get into it
0: In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: So you applied for day parole in 2015, as is possible in Canada, but he was denied? Yeah. He has been turned down time and again because his psych evaluation states that he is a medium to high risk to reoffend in a violent (laughs) manner. I would say so. Yes. Up next was Darren Muse. He mm-hmm. would plead guilty to second-degree murder of Neil Burroughs and to robbery. He would have a plea bargain worked out that would drop other charges. Not It wouldn't affect those two. Right. But other ones. Yeah. He would be sentenced to life in prison without possibility of parole for 20 years. He would get his high school equivalency behind bars. He would be able to get out on escorted day parole starting in 2007 and then without an escort in 2009. Okay. He would then get full parole in 2012 due to his work rehabilitating as well as for good behavior. Okay. His diagnosis of antisocial personality disorder and narcissistic traits had lessened over the years. And that's impressive at
2: the fact that it lessened in prison. Yeah, um, right. Because you'd think that
1: it'd only get worse. For sure. Well, he was released, there were some conditions, including being barred from using drugs, going back to Sydney River, or being in contact with any of the victim's families. Mm -hmm. From what I can gather, he now lives in British Columbia after spending time in Quebec his move to british columbia was to help his common law partner care for her elderly father. Oh. It seems horribly ironic that his partner is well off enough that Darren does not need to work today. Well. But I mean certain. I I have to try to believe in a justice system where if you actually rehabilitate You should be released because I don't really believe in the incarceration state. Like we keep arresting people and putting them behind bars for so many bullshit reasons. Right. I mean, yes, there's some people that should never be released. Right. But also there's people put away for the rest of their lives for fucking having a joint. Like, yeah, the system should be about rehabilitation. And some some people will never be rehabilitated, but it should be the goal.
2: It, it should be, and it's stated as such. But the problem with for yeah. them with re- rehabilitation is that it costs money. It does, um, yes. And they don't. They don't want to spend
1: the money. Yes. Well, it's getting ahead, but at this point, he is still not re uh, reoffended. So at That's this good. point, it seems to have worked for him.
2: Good. Good. Yes. I mean, you know, he did shitty things. Yes. There is no doubt that he's done shitty things. Twenty years by. ago. Well, more than 20, 20 years ago now. But I mean, that is so quite a long time. And the fact that he hasn't reoffended to me yeah. means that something went right. Yeah. Or something kicked off in his head. And so while I'm still not happy with what he did. No, God, I'm, no. I'm Horrible. certainly I'm, I'm glad that he was able to kind of pull himself together, yeah, you know, get his shit together.
1: Exactly. So moving on to Freeman McNeil, mm-hmm. He was also sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole for 25 years. Mm-hmm. Well, he was eligible for day parole in 2014, he would not get his chance until 2016. He would get some unescorted leave in 2019, but something must have happened as he would lose his rights to day parole. Yeah. He would again, on December 29th, 2022, start getting day parole, but that's as far as he's made it. Parole was denied multiple times over the years as he was deemed too high a risk to reoffend. Wow, it's amazing he's still getting day parole even if it's yeah escorted. Like if you're right. deemed a high risk to reoffend, you're fucking behind bars. Beard. Yep. So I will finish this case off with two notes: one that Neil Burroughs' sister Kathy Burroughs, all these years later, has been attending the parole hearings. Of these three men. To try and keep them behind bars. Which I totally understand.
2: Absolutely.
1: I mean her life was turned upside down.
2: And I think for casual people. Who think about. Or read about some of these cases. The thing that they don't understand is. Although parole for some people. I can understand obviously. and, And for a lot of petty bullshit offenses. I can understand. But for the folks that are. You know. Massive criminals. Uh, yeah. or have caused a lot of death and destruction. It, when parole comes up, those families have to open the wounds again. Yeah, And they, they go, or they have to test, you know, talk, or they have to, you know, they need to do something in order to keep them in. And so that yeah. it is so much, it's so difficult for somebody to be on parole every however many years. Yeah. Um, so, And I mean,
1: that, that's definitely the rough part of the Canadian system. I mean, as much as it's rough for the families and I know it is I still would rather our system right. where there is still a slight hope of one day getting out of prison I just don't understand putting someone away for like 300 years no, it just doesn't I mean, make sense no. I know it's you know it justice for a family or whatever but it's just ridiculous no one is ever going to live that long cancer will get us all before that point
2: <laughs> What's fascinating to me is I feel like, you know, the first the first like 10 times that they said 300 years was to make a point. Yeah. And they might as well just say for the rest of your natural life, call. Yeah. It. Just say um, life then. But, you know, they yeah. they seem to think it still makes a point to people who would be criminals. It, it does. Go away for 300, you. it doesn't matter. It they no. don't care. So, you know, yeah.
1: No, they don't. I guess. And the second thing I just want to mention is that that McDonald's, uh, where this all took place, stayed open for eight more years after the tragedy. But in the end, it would be closed and leveled. And I I think I read it still an empty lot to this day. I could be wrong, though.
2: I'm, I'm amazed that they kept it. I mean, I'm not amazed that they kept it open. It was
1: profitable. McDonald's overall corporate does not own the locations. They're all right. licensed out to yeah, yeah. local owners, right? So, right, it's someone's local business. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it's as true. much as McDonald's is a huge, massive corporation, it's really a real estate company. Yeah. And it's yeah. just got a bunch of small business people that own the locations. You're right. Absolutely. It, you know, it's like, yeah, no, Walmart is actually owned by some fucking billionaire in the States. But, right. you know, McDonald's, the. Brand is owned by some big corporation, but each location is a, a, you know, a small business person for the most part.
2: Yep. Usually it's like small business company ownership yeah. company or
1: one person or yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. That's the uh, Sydney river McDonald's murders. I think, you know, throughout it's, awful. You,
2: it's horrible. I think, I think with, throughout you telling me this, I, th- I think it's interesting that you and I both basically picked mass shootings. But there's really, I mean, there's not a lot in Nova Scotia, right? Yeah,
1: unfortunately, like there, most of the crimes that I read about were small petty crimes, right? And there's just been a couple really awful mass shootings. For some reason, I think maybe it's because it's more rural. There, there's there's yeah, definitely maybe. more guns in rural Canada. Um, and this this sounded. I didn't really mention it, but it sounds like this gun was a stolen gun. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What's what's fascinating to me is that for
2: as little in terms of like big events, yeah, you know,
1: big crimes,
2: it's interesting to me that for how few of those there are that these people weren't transplants from different places. Mm-hmm. These people were from
1: that province, right? Yeah, that region. And, like they they might not have been quite from Sydney River. I think they might have been from the other little right. small towns right there, but but they were from Nova Scotia. Yeah,
2: And so for me, like when I think of how few uh, I found in terms of big occurrences, I'd think that if something happened, it probably wouldn't be from the folks in that general culture, that province. You wouldn't think, yeah. So it's it's interesting. I mean, it's literally just bad people. Like there's going
1: to be a certain percentage of those folks and they just happen to be that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's something we were talking about today on a private chat with a couple other podcasters and mm-hmm. it was about school shootings, mm-hmm. but you know, like uh, there was another one, unfortunately the day of recording, there was another one in the States. There'll be probably three or four before this comes out at least, yep. unfortunately. Yep. And it's awful, but in the history of Canada since confederation, which was in 1867, there's been 20 school shootings, which is too many, <laughs> but it, it is and any or too many. That's but my there's one been month. 20. So if I, I I worked out the math and took the population of the United States and the population of Canada, mm-hmm. if we scaled up to the population of the United States, there would have been 160 school shootings since Confederation in 1867. And yes. that's
2: about so much. That's how many we've had this year.
1: And no. The United I know we had more. <laughs> we are currently at the very end of March as of recording. There has been 288 in 2023 Everybody. in the United States. Yeah, so it is so weird that in a small province of a million people, there was two mass shootings. Right, and that's not. A, it's not something that happens in a large scale in Canada. It just isn't. Yeah, no, and uh, crazy.
2: Only 12, 13 years apart. Thirteen years apart. What year was that one? 2021, I want to say. I think it's 21. I'm pretty sure it's 21. I should know. I just stared at the data this entire time.
0: So
1: you were a little off on the range. 29 years. I was
2: because I can't math. (laughs) Um, We've we've proven
1: this.
0: JT can't math. Uh, I I cannot.
2: Uh, I can true crime. You know, I can yes. tell you a lot about Charles Manson, but I can't tell you the square root of nine. No, it's three. I know that much. Uh,
1: <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> <the> f- <laughs> but yes. We're, we're not going to, you know, fix all of the issues in culture today, but don't shoot people, fuckers. <laughs> like, right. Like, don't
2: do it. Like here. We'll just put, put it this way. The amount of women in the U.S. who have been mass shooters. Is yeah. Five. Right five women including yeah. today and that is a quarter of your total
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, is yeah. Really, it's like since
1: 1867 it's a long time ago it's almost like we have looser gun laws you know you know or, we can get into it i don't think it's just the looser gun laws it's it's a culture of violence unfortunately i think it, it goes right back to your confederation you know yeah your country was born in violence. It was? It was you're born right. in violence. Ours was born signing some papers yeah and leaving England, right? <laughs> um, right. You know <laughs> you're you're one of the few countries that was born in violence that isn't currently still at war it seems. But right. um and I mean you're kind of at war with yourself still.
2: Well, and we selectively enjoy our history. Right, yes, we enjoy first and second amendment yeah.
1: to a fault, literally to a fault. Well, and, um, you know, yeah. like the Pledge of Allegiance, it's kind of yeah. odd to people outside of the United States. It, 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 you know, like we don't do that. I don't know of any other countries that do that. We don't, you know. I don't know most of the prime ministers since Confederation. We don't celebrate that really. Like, that's not something we learn all that closely. It's
2: meh, I think. Half, half, half of the issue, you know, I, and I like the fact that you you brought that up. Is that the folks that represent the different states and the government and stuff? They're like idolized as celebrities. Yeah, and if we removed that, maybe they'd do some shit. You know, <laughs> like
1: I mean, other than my own premier, which is the head of the province, right? I only know one other premier in Canada, right. It's okay. just like I don't care. Right. <laughs>
2: right and I know I mean, Ron it's...
1: DeSantis for bad reasons. Like, right. You know, like <laughs> I, I know American politics for all the wrong reasons, more than I know Canadian old. politics.
2: And it's 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 fascinating. Um, you know, I didn't realize and we'll wrap it up in a second here, but I didn't yes. realize how bucks insane, you know, our bullshit was Until I started, number one, I met you, but I've also met plenty of people outside the country. And although people in different countries are dealing with their own shit.
1: Oh, yeah. There's problems everywhere.
2: Everywhere. They still look at the U.S. and, you know, their general opinion is, well, we're not them.
1: (laughs) You know, we love your media, but oh, my God, come on. Right. Like, you know. I mean, like, you know, systemic racism is everywhere well people yeah. like you know there's not as large a population of black people in canada and the systemic racism isn't as is deep with black people it's with indigenous people here right you know right. It, it's you know it's it's all there it's,
2: it is it, it is all there and and yeah. and you know i've i mentioned this too in the chat today is that you know the most ignorant are the loudest yes um, and those of us that You know, we band together and we're the ones that are trying to solve things on the DL as best we can. And I think that that's the majority. The problem is the minority is the loudest and they always will be the loudest. And if we can figure out a way to
1: shut them up, we're going to keep hearing. Well, I think what it needs to be is people have to be better at getting out there and voting. It's true. And it's true. You know, like voter suppression is not as big a thing in Canada. In the States, it's a yeah. fucking big thing. Get out oh, there, make bigger. sure you're fucking part of a voting population, and vote. Yep. Vote the I'm, monsters out.
2: I'm really hoping, and it's not going to stop me, and I'm not going to stop doing what I'm doing, but I'm really hoping that as the younger generations become able to vote, we're going to see a shift. Um, <sighs> I hope so. Because hope these so. kids are, are visibly being impacted by this, and they're noticing it, and they're becoming more active, and that's the best thing. It sucks how they became active, yeah. But I'm glad that they're they're active and they're paying attention and they're starting getting involved in school board meetings and things like yeah. that. That's awesome. And hey that's kids, a, that's... call us
1: out, get this done, let's fix this.
2: You want a platform and you're reasonable, you let us know because we'll bring you on. I'm fine huh? with talking about issues. I think it would be great. Um, not that this is gonna become like a super duper uber political podcast, right? Or true crime ultimately, but <laughs> if you want a platform and you have a reasonable character personality, you know, I mean, we'd like to hear from you.
1: And also I'm on the show. So it might, (laughs) (laughs) I mean,
2: it's true. And it ultimately would, if we had somebody, you know, on to talk about it, but you know, we're perfectly fine with that. We love having guests. Yeah. So, you know, reach out to us. Uh, Mike's at brew crime and I'm at JT brews crime on Twitter and, we got brew crime everywhere else, so find yeah.
1: us. So yeah, thanks for tuning in. You can also find us at our Facebook group, Brew Crime the Group. If you'd like to support the show, head to patreon.com slash brewcrime now. Mm-hmm. The money goes towards upgrading equipment and making the show that much better. You get one bonus episode a month, as well as early ad-free access to our episodes. That includes the brewery episodes with Paige.
0: Yay! Woo! <laughs>
1: Fuck Let's around and out. find
2: out. Yeah.
1: So shout out to our Patreon supporters, J.S. Rad, True Crime Nana, 3% Podcast, and the faves of our lives. Bye! Auf Wiedersehen! (laughs) Goodbye! Tschüss! All cases in brew crime are written by Mike and JT or a writer we credit on the episode and sources are put into our show notes for each episode. We always want to give credit to the people that research the cases we talk about. Check out our store at tpublic.com slash stores slash brew hyphen crime hyphen podcast, where you can purchase gear like t-shirts, phone cases, stickers, pillows, and all kinds of other cool stuff. Brewcrime's intro was created by Mike using Creative Commons Attribution Licensed Audio from purple hyphen planet dot com, soundbible and freesoundeffects.com. Logo designed by Ben Greenberg. Thanks for listening to this episode of Brewcrime Podcast. Welcome to Brew Crime where we talk... <sighs> Fucked it up already. Every fucking time today. <laughs> I don't um, know. It's just the theme. It's yeah. Monday. <laughs> Nova Scotia. I'm, I'm
2: gonna
1: quickly just do a quick Google something. I wanna just double yeah. check something.
2: And if Mike doesn't cover it, I'll cover it briefly
1: next week. Um What's the island called that New York City's on? So um, basically what? I want, I want you to get two sentences
2: without me commenting, but I do want to comment on the fact that you said scuttlebutt and that makes me very happy,
1: yeah. so. <laughs> but he would take one, or or, or sorry, this guy would take, um, uh, okay there? Sorry. I'm gonna <laughs> delete that. <laughs> I'm gonna mute myself, you keep going.
2: You went down the wrong tube!
1: Understandable. To patrol, uh, not Good. patrol, damn it. No. Neither, neither nice. or
2: n- none of them.
1: And sleep.